if this sounds weird, it is because I broke my microphone um, and pop shield recording this last episode. Well, actually, before I recorded it. So right now I'm dropping raw dog audio, raw dog audio loads um, with no pop shield. And I'm holding the condenser mic, so I'm sorry if it sounds shit, but that is the way the cookie crumbled. Um what up? What is going on? I got loads of stuff to plug for you, um, for me, to you, and then I'm going to talk about the thing. If you don't like the plug-in, then think, sort of reevaluate that this is free and I am providing sweet, sweet quality time to you that I could be spending with my dog who is crying so much right now. I'm just giving her a lovely little pinky belly scratch right now. Got anything to say, Luna? No, I'm sure she will pop up in a minute. Uh, first off, Stray From The Path is up for a heavy music award uh, for Best International Band, uh, which is crazy because I'm actually from the UK, but that doesn't disqualify us. I am simply an international man of mystery, much like uh, Austin Powers, much like Austin Powers 2, the spy that shagged me. Shagged means sex. Um, please go and vote for that. I think it's vote.heavymusicawards.com or just Google it. And while you're there, you want to vote for Nolly as best producer and you want to vote for Architects for whatever they're up for because they are the ARCA best. Um, and I've got new merch. I've got reprints but, but different colorways, T-shirts, hoodies, www.thedownbe.at, so it spells downbeat. Um, if you're like, oh, hang on. I, I don't know if I'm going to look cool or cute or sexy like a cucumber um, in this stuff. You can go to at the downbeat on Instagram and you're going to see a suicide girl, lovely suicide girl wearing them. If you're a girl, you might be like, she looks cool. I'm going to look cool and I'm going to spend my money because Craig is going through a very expensive time in his life and I must give him my money. And if you're a boy, we got a suicidal boy on those Instagrams, you know as a result of these things that's a bit personal <laughs> not gonna delete it um my guest this week is caleb shomo from beartooth from the band beartooth uh i caught up with him yesterday at nottingham rock city where they had a sold out show um with the amity affliction and higher power and it was very nice and i would say i would plug the rest of their tour but it's all sold out because they're too big for their own fucking boots but we had a lovely chat i think we spoke probably for about 25 minutes about saint anger which is my hobby um i like to paint warhammer and i like the album saint anger um I only like one of those things, and it, the answer is St. Anger. Um, what else did we talk about? We talked about how we joined Attack Attack, yeah, Stick Stickly. Um, in, when he was 14, I'm, and the reason I'm umming and ahhing is because I'm playing with my dog at the same time because she hasn't been played with all day, and I've got a limited time to do this podcast intro. <sighs> we talk about how we joined Attack Attack when he was 14, what touring at 14 years old is like, which is as mental as you'd imagine it is. And we talk about how that led to Beartooth, how Beartooth is run, uh, which is very different to most other bands. Um, touring, all the usual bollocks that I talk to musicians about. And it was really fun, and I loved catching up with Caleb. He's one of my favourite people to bump into at festivals and stuff because he's always so friendly. We have a good time. I can't wait to see him again, and thanks to him for coming on. Caleb Shomo on the Downbeat Podcast.
that probably starts there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Saint Anger. Go. Imme- <laughs> immediately. Come, come in immediately with what you want to do. Okay. Tell me about it. So Connor was just talking about how Metallica is just the worst band. He hates Metallica. Get him in here. And for a fucking how his dad hates Metallica and it's this whole thing. And somehow, I don't know, he, I think he had just seen the documentary recently and was just, his mind exploded, as anybody's would, yeah. seeing this fucking thing. The, the best movie time. of all time. It really is. It's a, I mean, it is beyond a piece of art. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> he became obsessed with some kind of monster, the song, and just been playing it constantly. And we started, I just play the riff at sound check, and he starts going, Duka, Duka, Duka. And today, we fucking listen, literally every single day, some kind of monster comes on, or we just walk around saying, like, silence no more. I don't know. It's just become part of our lingo at this point. And he starts playing the song, and he goes, I think it's happening. And I I go, what? He's like, I've been listening to it so much, ironically, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm really starting to happened like to it. Happened to me. <laughs> happened to me. Happened to Tom Williams. Dude, <laughs> now, it's just, yeah, so that's where we are. He, he's, I think, finally crossed over into really understanding and appreciating some kind of monster It's like the, as a track. The <laughs> biggest grower of all time. It takes <laughs> it 15 takes, to 17 years. Yeah, a long fucking time and then to you're get like, into that. Oh. Dude, but I mean, that... Has he got his snares on or off at this point? Uh, he's, I don't know. Well, he plays the solo now with the snares off. Starts the snow solo with no snares. But the St. Anger solo. <laughs> I yeah. have a St. Anger tattoo. Uh, no, you yeah, do not. Do. You are sick. You are literally a sick person. For people that snares can't see that. Off. It says snares oh off and it has the little, uh, little Metallica Dude. little things. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say about that? Oh, have you heard, he'll probably love this, yeah. on some kind of monster... There's a single version of it, which is on Spotify and Apple Music or whatever. No fucking way. So is this podcast. Please listen to the podcast. Oh, you're already listening to it. Doesn't matter. Um, so there's nice this, the single that came with Some Kind of Monster, or like when it came out and the song came out, is like four versions of the same track. Track three is actually mixed. Really? And it's like the same raw files, but it's like... Somebody it, just it says actually fucking mixed Alternative it. mix, and it doesn't sound that bad. Like, the snare isn't crazy. Dude, those... There are definitely some songs that if it didn't sound like they recorded in a trash can... Yeah. That might maybe be... It's a reach. Possibly... All right. Definitely riffs. There's definitely yes. sections. Riffs. Riffs. Like, does some kind of monster need to be seven minutes long? Does <laughs> well, the song yes. Saint of Frantic is like eight minutes long of the same fucking shit the whole way? I've definitely never gotten through the whole record. I've, oh, I can definitely say I've never got through the whole album. We did but. a drive from, I can't remember where the fuck it was, and we had like three hours, 36 minutes left of like some big ass drive, you know, yeah. one of those ones where you just go mad. Yeah, fucking. And we're like three hours left of a, 27 hour drive and we figured out the maths which was how many times could we listen to the song Frantic until we got there and it was like whatever like we only have to listen to it 236 times and we just did it 
Oh we just repeat it. You are sick. It's you Tom guys Williams. are literally It's Tom psychopaths. Williams. It's not me. He has <laughs> yeah, a Tom, shitty idea. Tom is an actual psychopath. And then I, I go, fucking love him so much. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Because when you start ticking it down, it's, it actually gets, when you get to like 50 plays of saying angle left, you're like, it's not actually that long. <laughs> just got to get through this song. This is how you schedule a drive. Oh. How many times are we getting through this fucking track? We did it with, uh, did you ever hear, I don't want to badmouth him, obviously, but uh, that Core 10 band, the, the old drummer from Korn's new band. No, I didn't it's, know that was existed. It's been removed from all streaming services and YouTube because it was so bad oh that people God. were just like destroying it. <laughs> and then he quit it? his own band. It's like St. Anger on acid. It's like, oh my, I mean, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> After this, you've got to listen to it. We, uh, we'll dive into that for sure. I should probably do And I'm also got to say, love Metallica. I'm not just coming oh, in here 100%. to throw shit. One of the greatest of all time. That record, I think everybody knows that was just a little something else. But yeah, just had to say that. Metallica are the fucking god. It's literally the top five for me, Metallica. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I read something recently where they were offered the chance to remix it and re- release it as like a remix thing and the same with and justice rule that remix it and put the bass louder Dude. and they just came out and said which i kind of respect although i'd like to hear both those things yeah they went it's a it's a point in our career it's what we've been doing then for good for right. bad or for good and that's how it stays and like that's the thing about honestly about that record is like i love watching that documentary because you just see this side of the band that's like these dudes are on top of the fucking world. They can just take years to make an album, then all the shit with James and like, I don't know. And then fucking, uh, oh, what's his face? Megadeth dude comes in oh, at one Jesus point. Christ, <laughs> like, like, that's Christ. a whole bit. Like, and when they go to fucking, they go to Jason Newstead's new band. And it's dude, like, and Lars like, is all fucking like bent out. And like, he's jealous sell, like, about it. 600 tickets or something. And then he's like, well, I thought this was going to like be shot, but it's fucking sold out and like people are stoked. I guess Metallica's the past or something like that. And I'm like, dude, okay. And then like two scenes later, he sells like $50 million of art. Yeah, and then they play a whole stadium tour on the St. Anger record. You're doing all right if you can pull that shit off. Like things are going well. Right, 20, 20 <laughs> minutes of St. Anger. Right, let's, perfect. I'll, anyway. do, I'll have done an intro by now anyway, but hi. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> hey, pal. Good to see you again. I've been deliberately not talking to you because yeah, it's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult. But we're, we're we in Nottingham, catch up. yeah, which is where I kind of live, and I hopefully won't live for much longer. Yeah. Uh, and your whole tour is sold out. The whole thing. <laughs> How yeah. many dates? Uh, I believe it's seventeen. 16. Nice. Nice yeah. to be a back end on that. Ooh. Yeah, not <laughs> too shab. That's pretty cool. I mean, dude, we've never fucking sold out a tour before, especially pre-sale. I mean, we've had, I mean, we just did a co-headliner with Motionless in the States, and we sold out all but four. But even then, that's different. It's like, I mean, Motionless has weight, man. They bring fucking people. They bring so many VIPs. Like, you know, that tour was like a complete, just even keel thing but this just yeah like an actual proper headliner selling out and they're the biggest rooms we've ever done i mean we did what 3600 people in overhausen which is Jeez, oh I know, I know that venue yeah that's the, it that's was the big one dude i literally like 
couldn't even enjoy that show until the last like four songs. I was just so like nervous and overwhelmed and like, dude, I mean, you know, you, I'm sure yeah. you haven't been nervous for a show in fucking ages, but like Islington, maybe our, with our some biggest, of your drum parts you do, but no, just, <laughs> just our biggest London headliner ever. Same yeah. Thing. The videos that just was like, fucking dope. That was okay. sick. Sam fun. went out and did his part at that, right? Yeah. That was sick. Yeah. It yeah. was very like, cool. Those those ones, like you say, like just the big the big ones that are sold yeah, out. Absolutely, but yeah, it, I mean, it's just it's just surreal. It's like this isn't. I'm not gonna process this until we've been home for like three weeks. There's just no way because I, get, I never thought this would fucking happen. Do you get the um, the slow motion effect when there's like a billion people watching and then you feel like all your songs are too slow? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you, like, harness it Matrix Neo style, or are you like, I wish this song was 20 uh, BPM faster? I feel like at the beginning I'm very panicky, and then I try and just, like, no. Like, take this for what it is. Like, you can actually think about it, and I don't know. It's definitely a Matrix thing, because it's just, I mean, it's to a fucking metronome. Like, it's not it slower. It hasn't changed. But you swear yeah. that it is, like, 20 fucking BPM down. Yeah. And yeah, it, it is such a bizarre thing to happen. But I haven't really had that on this tour, to be fair, which is pretty nice. Good. But the last time we played in, well, we when we played in Columbus, we played like in the stadium at a festival. And that set, the whole show, I mean, we played for a 30 minute set, took 50 fucking minutes. Like, you know, it just felt so fucking slow the yeah. whole time, man. But I don't know. You get over it. How many dates you got left? You don't have to have these answers. No, uh, unprofessional. You know, we got the old trusty, old trusty laminate. Uh, what's the London venue? We're halfway through. We're dead halfway. Uh, Roundhouse. Whew. Yeah, never nice. been, never even walked in. There. Oh, it's glorious. I haven't building. walked into there. Haven't walked into Brixton. I mean, literally, we've done. The biggest room was Forum, and then Architects took us to fucking Wembley. Yeah, and so like that's my gap. I never have played any of those middle like the big. You know, I guess the like legendary kind of like work your way up venues. You know what I mean? I feel like Roundhouse is the best one for sound. That's for actual awesome. sound. I'm it's, very excited about that. It's thing. like built for that. I saw Radiohead there. I only got tickets because my yeah. friend like provides Radiohead's merch, and it was like three thousand people. The smallest Radiohead show they've done in fucking <laughs> literally twenty years. Yeah, and. The sound was incredible, but That's so sick. To show my age here, I was asked, "Do you want seating or standing tickets?" I chose standing because that kid in me was like, "Yeah, fuck seating," and then I didn't realize they played for three hours, and my oh, lower no. back was so shot. My favorite band of all time, and I just stood there like, "I'm in pain." Yeah, dude, I, I no shame. Love watching shows and seats, man. Yeah, because we're a huge fan. We rock out there. Yeah. Now give me some fucking seats. Exactly. I just like, I want to just sit, like, be the guy that I always am upset about seeing at a show. <laughs> the dude just sitting there with the beer, just looking haggard and like, oh, that's me. Yeah. And it's great. Like, I have so much more respect for that person at the show now. You're still pretty young, though, aren't you? Yeah. I'm 27. Oh, you're young. You are getting older I'm not, now. I'm, no, I'm not the young buck. When I did we tour? Was. 2016. Or what? The one? The US. The one. US one. Yeah, that would have been 16. I think spring 16 because it was right before our second record dropped. And was that your? How many tours? That did you was done? my 
first, was that your first US? US tour with Australia, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was twenty sixteen. And that was that was Connor's first tour too. Yeah. Yeah. God, you're so much bigger than you were then. <laughs> it that, is that was yeah small rooms. Yeah, and that tour even was like, holy shit, like this is it was crazy. Off. Well the there was a the one in your guys' fucking home in Long Island, we played there, and that yeah. that was a pretty big show. That was a big one, but then we yeah. played like, is it jackpot in? Dude, it, we, we played some gigs, man. It was uh, so sick though. That tiny yeah. little one in Lawrence, Kansas. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, in Lawrence. Oh, oh it's oh, somewhere. Kansas. Not even what the Granada is like. The normal venue in Lawrence that's like a thousand ish. No, that like if like, you put. I mean, it for sure wasn't that. But I'm just trying to think what the fuck. It else. was like a bar. Do you remember that it was like a dive bar? Maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe I'm else just, in Kansas. I mean, it's all just blurred together. At it this was point. like the smallest show ever, but it was amazing. Yeah, that was a great tour. It was so it was good. Such for a good us tour. My well. ticket was on that. They fucking ripped. That was a good time. And not like shit. it was the perfect. Well, will we main support? I think. We were. Yeah, it was the perfect main support tour for us because barely any of your fans knew us. So. And I think, like... In terms, really? You think? In terms of, like... We definitely they had our the fans there. Yeah, I was going to say. You but guys you had, had so shows. many fans that we were just, like, stealing. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> why you do it. It was perfect. I was like... I mean, that was the fucking... All of our supports that we've got. That's. I mean, I swear, the reason we're even able to do this was that architect store. Because, like... I mean, we've definitely made our name here, and we do well. But, I mean, I know, like, we can appeal to the architects fan base and that fan base is loyal and massive. So like, even if we grabbed, you know, a few hundred people a show, it's like every little bit helps. Yeah. That was the last time I saw you. Yeah. Well, uh, which show were you at? Were you at? I came the Manchester to, show? I came to Manchester. That's probably yeah. why I thought you lived in Manchester. And then I stayed, there was a day off after it and I stayed on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if I did another show. But yeah, God, that was so big. Dude, that was big. It was just like, man, I was so stoked for those dudes, man. Like to see, I watch them every fucking night. I mean, they just are still to this day, I think maybe the best live metal man, maybe besides like Slipknot. Like, I mean, they, but I don't even know. Like, dude, that show is just incredible. I could fucking suck off architects for years like dude they are just literally the greatest fucking live band man they're so So good so tight yeah Uh, and they're just perfect and to see that like all of that work because they have been a band for so long to see all of that work fucking come together for that tour like wembley and i mean these legendary venues it was super cool you worked for them for the the only reason i'm in stray right yeah, you worked for them for a bit right like four years drum teching yeah and it was like 20 I think 2010 to 2014. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I met Stray a couple of times on that, just touring. And yeah. we just stayed in touch, mutual, mutual like, interests or whatever. And then when Stray needed a drummer, they were like, can't find anyone in the whole of America. What, <laughs> about, what about that drum tech? Yeah, it's not like they uh, make it easy to find, like, hey, could you uh, play a Stray set real quick? <laughs> oh, yeah, it, well, Connor's done it. <laughs> well, yeah. Connor's also not fucking human. That dude's a human. psychopath. But, I mean, even that, he told me about that whole thing. I'm sure he talked about it on podcast when he did with you, but he was saying, like, his dad actually told me that day, he was just like, all right, I got to play a Stray set tonight. And he, like, his dad was there at the show, so he picked him up and like took him to a hotel room to like chill out or something. And he said he literally had headphones in 
didn't say a word and was just air drumming literally the whole day. And apparently by the end of the day, he was like broken out in hives, like was so fucking stressed out and then went up and didn't miss a note. Yeah, he fucking ripped it. Yeah, and I was, I was I was determined to play, and then I stood up and I passed out, and it was like, okay, maybe you're not gonna play. <laughs> what uh, what was it like for you playing your first stray set, or like the first like time you sat down and played those songs with the guys? Like, how did that go? Because I it, mean, uh, those drum parts were like they're wild, man. They're not the usual go tos. It's yeah, it's for sure weird shit. And then I've tried to just make shit even weirder now. Yes, you but, have. <laughs> The problem is that Tom Williams, for how good he is as a manager and a guitarist, is maybe sometimes one of the most unprofessional people on earth. <laughs> uh, just in, not in a managerial sense, in like right. in his own band. Yeah. Like so, I mean, no, that sounds bad. Sorry, Tom. Um, <laughs> but like, this is how it went down. Uh, we flew to Germany. It was a Stick Your Guns tour. Um, we had a band practice booked, first practice ever. With, um, in this guy's house, and the guy looked like a serial killer, and it was like a real <laughs> serial killer vibes. Like, like, you know, have you seen Mandy? Uh, Nicolas Cage film. It's like a horror film. No. And it, oh yes, so yes. it's like the house from Mandy, but yeah. there's a drum kit there. Um, <laughs> same sort of ominous music playing from some other room. Lights are crazy. Uh, yeah, like bright red. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we go through the set once, and then. Tom explains there's a few d- different ring outs. Oh, we do this differently. We do that differently. Blah, 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 blah. Um, explains that once after the set. Yeah. And then I go, cool, can we run through the set again? And he goes, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, you've just told me all the bits that are like <laughs> integral to the live show. We've got to do that. Can we just do it one more time? And he goes, yeah, I guess. And then proceeds, we play the set, maybe half of the set. And he just plays... Do you know what the death riff is that he does? He just goes... Over and over again. So we're playing songs... This is the second time I've ever played them with a band. And he's just fucking around. And there's, yeah. only, there's only one guitarist, so that's yep. all I can hear. Instead of whatever's supposed to be going on. <laughs> then I'm like, fuck it, because he's hungry by this point. I was like, fuck it, let's just go eat. Because I know all the guys. This is funny. But I'm right. like, it's on you if I fuck up tomorrow. <laughs> Get to the show. Play... The whole set perfectly. Yep. There's one ring out at the end of Badge and a Bullet, which isn't on the CD. Yep. Forget it. Oh. Turn to the right. All of Stick Your Guns, who I've just met that day, plus all of my band, all just flipping me off. <laughs> like, fuck you. Of course. Um, of course. And that was it. It was like a baptism of fire. Yeah. I mean, as I would expect from a Stray and Stig tour. I mean, but I definitely just... played shitter then. Yeah. First tour. Since I moved to a click for like half the set, or at least starting half the song, you played like a metronome now. I had really? to program the set so it literally it's like 183 for two bars, 185. Like I watched a live video where we all agreed that we played the tempos right, and then yeah. I mapped everything out. So it is a click, but it's not straight. It's yeah, it's like just you, you have a metronome keeping you, yeah. but you got to know the changes. Yeah, so. And I did that in secret for a bit because everyone was kind of against it. And then... So you were already on years. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we did a tour where everyone that saw us was like, that's the best I've ever seen Stray. And then I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you guys, played quite a lot of that to a click. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
Yeah, and now most of it's on a click. Nice. Anything Tom starts isn't on a click because if we're playing to loads of people, Tom loves it to be fast. Yeah. And he'll be just be like, yeah, let's fucking ramp it up. Yeah, But absolutely. for the most part, I'm like, I'm the most anxious motherfucker in the world anyway. Yeah. And that having no click and playing like Hellfest to no, with no click would give me a panic attack for like three days before it. Oh, and yeah. And I get there for sure. and then play everything too fast. Yeah, we've had shit like that happen, man. We were playing in at Self-Help Festival in Detroit. So like big festival, big show. We have an hour. And so I think we tried to play like 12 and maybe 11. 11 or 12, I don't know. Long set, at least for us. I mean, you know, usually on supporting, you do 30 minutes, 40 tops. Yeah. And uh, second song in, the iPod, because we just run Metronome off an iPod. I like make click tracks, and then that's how, that's our, that's our still. only track sample thing we use. Is, yeah, as we still. just still do it off I an mean, iPod. That's what I do, but we're like a fucking small punk band. Yeah, that, that's nice. just how we I, like it. I like it. That's how we do it. But the iPod, we now have it Velcroed to Connor's table, but it fell off at this show oh, when it was not Velcroed, no. went under his pedal. And just, just absolutely destroyed. Second, middle of the second song, "Act of God." And we, so we were just like, "All right, well, let's play it." And so we just played the set, and I, I thought it was great. I love playing with no click. Just like even me playing live, I my ears are barely on. I still have wedges with my vocal, and I just, I don't know. I just I guess maybe I'm more used to it, or I just don't really. I like feeling it out a little differently than on the click, but. Uh, yeah, we've done it a few times, and it's definitely different. But the one thing I will say that's nice is Connor, if he has a tendency to do anything with tempo, it's drag. So it's like we're actually just playing at normal tempo when we watch it back. It might feel a little slow live, but, like, I don't know. There are just some – I feel like certain songs that if we were – like, if he was just really rushing through it, the guitar riffs would just be a nightmare. So like it really does, and he's he's got great tempo. So I mean, it worked, but it's definitely different, man. It's just so much safer feeling having a metronome keeping yeah. everybody together. But- and it's like every band <laughs> you've ever seen that are really tight, it's definitely because they played a metronome. Yeah, a bit beyond Foo Fighters or something like that. But Foo Fighters have no click. I mean, no, metal. they don't I even mean use metal. Ears. I mean, well, like metal. technical. Yes. Shit, of course. You know. Yeah, no, there's no way. I mean, a tech band like triggers and like the bit where it's like pers- fucking precision. Yeah, absolutely. All those guys are on click. Do you reckon, Metro, uh, do you reckon Foo Fighters at least no the drummer. click whatsoever? The dr- he doesn't even wear ears. Hawkins just has wedges. All of them do. I, I think the bass player has ears because I was so infatuated with it. Yeah, but I, I mean, watching them, uh, like. I mean, you watch that 606 where they ran through Wasting Light. It's just, they're all on wedges, just jamming. Slipknot has no click as well. Yeah. But I feel like they would be a band that if they had click, it'd be weird. Like, because I love the, that when they're live, like, they're hauling ass. And Jay fucking slams, so he can, like, pull it off. But I do know, I've definitely seen some shows. We did a little tour with them 
2015 or something. And there were some shows where they were like psychosocial was like dan 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 just like hauling fucking ass, dude. How can hauling you not get ass. into it? I exactly. Would, I would play it dan 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 because it's so but, sick. But I love it. I thought it was tight. Like I don't know. I, I'm into the like live feel or like every time I die. Like when uh, like when Legs was playing for them, he played fast. And I thought it was real cool. I would love to see one Slipknot show with a click. I would just I'd be like very curious to see what would happen. But yeah. it's not going to happen because uh, Jim doesn't even have ears. No. Jim, Jim has a wedge. Yeah, Jim just has wedges. I think, I mean, is he the only one without ears? I feel like there might be more people that don't have ears. I, just, sure. I don't know. I just remember being surprised. I was like, wow. Yeah, same. He just had like some earplugs and, and then it was just like, slamming wedges. Oh, I couldn't really hear the start of Sick tonight. I couldn't hear Sid's stuff. And in my head, I'm screaming like, it's because you're trying to put it through a wedge. Yeah. <laughs> but respect. That's so fucking old school. Yeah, and that's just the way they do it, man. I mean, I remember walking by. They had a warm-up room, and they were just in there jamming. And I just hear Corey just in the room like 30 minutes before showtime, just full-blown doing like the songs just doing vocals just in the room with the guys and i was like that is fucking badass it's like so sick it's almost like they're the biggest local band on earth <laughs> the biggest local and, band and i don't on mean earth. by like local lo- i just mean they got so big before technology that yeah. that's just now what it is yeah just and that's like, just how, how they how do, do it, it man and that's just that's how they roll. biggest local band on earth sounds terrible yeah that uh, might be a bit of a stretch <laughs> i apologize um <laughs> So right, you're 27. Yep. Let's let's go back. Let's let's dive in. Let's the go vault. back to Attack Attack, please. How old were you in Attack Attack? I joined when I was 14, and we started. We got signed and started so touring full time when I was 15. <laughs> That's and like full so time. Insane. I mean full time. Which my dad told me this recently. Because I mean, when you're young, you don't think about it. You just get in the van and fucking go. And I, I mean, and also I what I went to my freshman year of high school, and then I just went on the road. And my dad told me, he said, in the first year of touring, we did like 340 shows or something. Like, literally, we just never had days off. We just, that's all we did every day, was just go play a show. But yeah, that that was, I was when I was 15. Who was else, when, how old was everyone else in the band? We were all one year apart. So it was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And then so on and so forth as the years go by. As time does. But, um, yeah, we were, I mean, we were some young bucks, man. We were literal Who kids. Who the fuck is looking after you on tour? No one. Dude, we were fucking crazy. It must have been in- If I was, like, Do I- Do you ever get into lighting fireworks in the van on the highway? Because we were uh, no. really into that. <laughs> like, this is the shit we would do when we, like, first started touring. We literally had to completely strip out a van- and this is like a couple of years in. This isn't like the first van we had. A few years in, we had to completely strip every single piece of upholstery, the benches, everything, because we cut. We found out that you could burn, like if you burn it with a lighter, it's just like it looks like a sharpie almost. And we just burnt dicks into every single inch of that van. Seats, oh like you flip down the mirror, and there's just. Cock and balls everywhere, Jesus. as you do. Like the super bad lunch. Exactly. Box, yeah. Bad. And this is like, and you know, we're all obsessed age. with super bad. We're kids. We're yeah. like, yo, that's hilarious. 
And uh, but yeah, we we got really into lighting fireworks in the van, which we stopped because it started getting a little crazy when like a bottle rocket would fly by and like I mean, pop yeah. near the driver, and we would light smoke bombs while we're like on the highway and no one can see, and that we pumped the brakes a little bit after that. I was 16 when I started touring, but it wasn't like touring, touring, right? And I was a fucking nightmare psychopath yes so I can only imagine what dude. I would have been like if I was in your situation I yeah. would definitely be dead actually dude and like we I mean we also I mean we got really big really fast so it was just started in a van we only did about a year of touring in a van and then we warped 2009 we did a bus and I believe we never went back if I remember that correctly because I mean we were just kids we have no clue what is going on with the money. Yeah. Literally none. There was one dude who took care of it and he never told anybody anything. Jesus. So we were just like, all right, like fucking, well, we're not getting paid from the tour. Might as well just like spend our money on fun shit while we're on the road. Yeah. Dude, we were, I mean, we were just maniacs. We literally, we would do family dinners, like just go out to the Cheesecake Factory or go to fucking wherever with everybody and, we would be like, all right, our goal tonight is to spend over a thousand dollars. Like, what? Who? Like, this is what happens when it, you give kids it's, who have no idea what's going on, and they're just like, well, we know money's somewhere, but we're not seeing it, so might as well try and get it where we can. We like, have a thing on tour called "Mom's Not Home" or "Mom's Not Home," which is <laughs> um, it'll be like someone will decide it when we put into a gas station mom's not home and then you go and buy ridiculous snacks like the yes. sort of snacks your your mom would never let you have Absolutely. just poison pure poison and Funyuns America is the and land of Mountain poison. Dew like oh what what color is that drink <laughs> nuclear green no, I'm drinking it yes anyway but your <laughs> life was just one whole mom's not home yes it literally was dude and it was crazy and I mean I basically just watched all of these people fall apart and like honestly, like, it was crazy. I mean, are any of them doing anything now? Man, I don't know. I, uh, Johnny Frank, who was in the band for like the first kind of half of the band, most people know him as the guy with the afro. Yep. <laughs> uh, he, but now he, I got him. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's doing really good. He records. Uh, he still lives in Columbus. We still like keep up. Great guy. He does great. He records bands. And he does this side project called Bill Murray, B-I-L-M-U-R-I. And it's just like, I think he he literally puts out records, like multiple records a year. Just writes, a, I think he writes a song every day or something. Is it Bill Murray themed or it's just called Bill Murray? It's just called Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, that's always, like, he was definitely the, he brought all the comedy to Attack Attack. That was, he was the guy who was like, because it was all just what would be funny. That's what everything was with the band. Yeah. It's like, did it make us laugh or and seem ridiculous? So like, the dance beat parts and like just having random synth and like auto tune. And he was like, dude, this would just be like hilarious. Wait, like, this so would you be... were doing it as a joke? I mean, because the rest of the world, myself included, thought it was real. <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> it was so rooted in just like what would make us laugh. And, like, what would be funny? It definitely wasn't, like, a joke. Like, when we were writing the songs, we were like, yeah, we like this. But uh, good portions of it were completely a joke. All the bits that I think maybe were a joke were definitely a joke. Yes, absolutely. 
And then, uh, but he only did the first two albums. He only did the first two records. And then the the third record was, I mean, almost done very close to how Beartooth Records are done. That record, I did most of it. I mixed it, mastered it. uh, And you can hear that it's a totally different thing. That was when I got really into Meshuggah, like between those records. So we were tuned super low. And it was like our guitar player, Whiting, uh, got me really into them. So we were writing riffs like that. And um, yeah, but those first two albums, like with all those random, like, what the fuck? Like, what did they just do? Or yeah, like all that shit. Yeah, I mean, that was... We just thought it was funny. <laughs> Speaking of you being a producer, I saw you internally scream when I pulled out my mess of cables for this podcast. <laughs> oh my! No. I saw it happen. You <laughs> no. like there was judgment. If you fucking saw my setup at home and the way Your I live, is nodding her head. Yeah, I live my life in mess. Like I feel really uncomfortable if everything's organized. Like my desktop is a nightmare. My, are you talking about your desktop on your Mac? Right. Do you want to see mine? I want to get a. I re- thought I saw a real time <laughs> reaction. A real time reaction to my desktop. Okay. Now look at that. Now there's a line that I definitely look, have. It's doubled up on top of things. Like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> okay, so you're very similar to me. You might be a little bit crazier. Yeah, my life's a mess. Oh, but dude, like when I'm at home, I'm like, oh shit, I need to do vocals. Okay. And I'll just like grab some cable that's wrapped in a bunch of cables, and then like, okay, well, I think this is the other end, and just yank it shit, and like chairs are falling over, yep. and oh, so I call that being smashy, yeah. which is just like if I need to get this cable from there and something's in the way, just pull it harder. Exactly, there's no movement, and then yeah. that's how I break things. I broke a microphone <laughs> before this podcast pulled started. it out of the bag. Pulled it out of my using bag using one of the Beartooth original 58s right now, just yeah. getting it done because I was <laughs> I just call it being smashy and what. It was. Yeah, I'm a my, very smashy guy. My friend well. Matthew Tag, who was Architects Guitar Tech, and now he's 1975's Guitar Tech. And Jesus. when I was drum teching, he was like, "You're just so smashy," and that's why everything breaks. And prime example, I had a nice Rode microphone with a shock mount and a pop filter thing in my bag. That it was covered in cables, and instead of you know, taking some cables off, what I've done is I've just pulled it as hard as I can, yeah. been smashy, and I've broken a 300-pound microphone. Very nice. Which is... Very nice. And I don't give a fuck. I wouldn't change it for the world. No. I'll be smashy till I die. Dude, same. And, like, that just, to me, is how... I don't know. For, there's something... Of, Jesus. Fucking... Well. The roof's coming in. But uh, there's just something about it for me of, like... If things are super pristine and super clean and super, I'm like, that's not me. That's not the environment that I grew up writing in. I grew up writing in like my bedroom where I had this little, you know, whatever the computer speakers with the little sub that like your dad buys. Uh, Logitech. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally though. 5.1. Yeah. The Logitechs and like a laptop and just cables and guitars thrown around. And like, that's just how I function. And like, that's where I feel comfortable. Before before I knew that downloading music was bad, when Napster was big, I used to have a phono out cable that came out of my sound card. I would download songs on Napster. It would take me, like, fucking ten Years. hours to download, like, six 
mate feed kill repeat slipknot songs yeah and then i would plug the phono cable into the back of a tape player and then i would record the tape and then i so i had all these i think i found them last time at my parents house like yeah i like taped albums like original pirate shit taped Dude, albums. Dude, that is the most vintage pirating setup took, I've ever heard. It took so life. long. And obviously there's no gain <laughs> control, so no. I've just got like, oh, and Justice Rule, and it's like <laughs> and you're just fucking jamming, yeah. dude. Loved it. Uh, Amazing. So, when did Attack Attack? Look at me getting back on track. I'm look a professional podcaster. Look at this guy. Have you seen me look at a note? <laughs> Have you seen me look at any notes? All up in the steel trap, baby. I never write a note. Um, <laughs> what and now I forget because if I had a note, I'd look attack, at it. No, attack, 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 attack. When did that go? My last tour was 2012. When's, when was the first Beartooth album? First Beartooth album. Oh, EP, whatever. EP, whatever. Okay, uh, 2013. So you didn't have that much time off? No. When I like announced that I was leaving Attack, Attack, I put up a Beartooth song. Because originally... The Beartooth was never supposed to be a band, like a real thing. It was just this is like my kind of like you know like the producers that like make records. Yeah. Like doesn't Will have a band that he Will is like, about eleven, right? But you you know fit what I for mean. an autopsy is Will. Yeah, so like shit like that. It was just gonna be I'm a producer now. That's what I do, writer, whatever. Yeah, and this is my just. You know, because I love playing instruments, but I never get to play instruments in bands because I always like ended up singing. So, like, basically, yeah, it was just I love playing, I love writing songs as a whole, and this is me just doing whatever I want to do. So I was really into you know Eat It and Stray and Chariot and like things like that. So I that you know I made this bear tooth like a couple tracks, and um. Yeah, put it up and was just like, hey, like I'm not gonna be done making music. Maybe I'll do a couple weeks, just like try and jump on some tour, like with some buddies yeah. when I'm free. But I'm gonna be a producer, and that's what I'm doing. And then, uh, yeah, I, I showed some people. I was, show, I mean, I showed like my close friends, and I showed Shapiro, uh, Dave Shapiro, our U.S. booking agent, and I was just like, hey, man, I'm like doing this thing could you maybe just throw me on like a you know whatever tour you got for a couple of weeks if i'm going crazy he's like sure no problem and he was like this is actually pretty good man like if you want to do something with it let me know I'm like all right and then uh i showed tom gutches our current manager and he who had i've known for eight, forever he tour managed attack attack back in the day just like was a promoter of shows in columbus always been in the scene and he was like, dude, let me manage it. Let me manage it. And I was like, no, like, I'm not trying to do anything with this. Like, I, I don't need a manager. And the, the way it really started happening was right when I said that I was done with Attack Attack, John Feldman, the producer who I'd been working with prior, hit me up. And he was like, hey, move to L.A. and start working with me. Uh, I just moved to Red Bull. They started doing, they have a label now. Uh like be a writer i was like sure i would love to so he's like send me like a bunch of different songs different genres he's like write something that sounds like one direction write something that's like straight britney spears write like a folky thing write you know give me like any metal like whatever you got just send me like 20 tracks i was like okay so i sent him a bunch of songs then there there were 
I think I have a problem was in there, like the original Bear Tooth song. And he was like, whoa, like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, this is just something I'm doing on the side. It's just kind of like my metal outlet. And he was like, this is great. Like, let me sign this. Like, like, let's do it. And I was like, dude, I, I was very, very hesitant. And it really was Tom badgered me enough. He's like, what? Worst case, I get you some free guitars. And I was just like. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to why I do anything. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to say no to that. And dude, I mean, the day that I told him he could start managing labels hitting me up being like, yo, I need to sign this fucking so Shapiro, sick. like everybody just started getting involved. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. And then I started writing more songs and I was like, you know what? I really like doing this. Like I love having this project that I can actually be writing all the songs. It doesn't get weird with splits like the, cause that's always a weird thing with bands and like there's, it's very just black and white yeah. if this is going to happen. So I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And I, you know, I got some buddies and just like who used to like some text from attack. We did one little like two week, three week tour with the ghost inside Dude, our first tour was hilarious. It was just literal cool hardcore bands and then Attack Attack's singer's new band. It was Ghost Inside, Zabalba, Rain Supreme, oh my God. and Relentless from Australia. And then us. <laughs> and that was our Jesus. first tour. We didn't go over great. <laughs> but Man, it was not, really fun. There's not a single band on that tour that... I would put you with no and like but I don't know like that's I think we somehow kind of got uh, started Ghost getting inside, in I would give you that oh, yeah one, Ghost yeah. Inside but, but like Zabalba like Zabalba and like Rain Supreme and shit like hardcore bands and I don't know somehow when we started we kind of got into that world and um yeah that, I guess that's where we like kicked off but after that tour I was like I fucking love this like this is so fun there's no pressure. There's no like goals. It's not it's new weird. Sex. Yes, <laughs> it's just it's just like the new the new the new thing happening. It's exciting. She's playing with my asshole. It's yeah, it's crazy. Just, <laughs> all these <laughs> new new things you've never it's tried before. Toys. Just pretend that it's normal and that's what you're used to do. Oh yeah, you're mate. crying a little bit, but like you might like it. And you're not oh, sure. Yeah, my ex used to punch me in the fucking face all the time. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Sometimes you got to experiment, you know? And and yeah, and then um, it took a long time to get signed because honestly, dude, the label thing was crazy, which I just, like, I did not expect it, man. I know people must think I'm bullshitting, but I'm not truly, like, if you know me as a person, I'm not the, like, I'm not a confident, like, yeah, I'm in fucking, I'm starting a new band and we're going to be enormous and I'm going to get this huge record deal. No, I was just like, I assumed we'd sign to whatever small label and it was just going to be a simple little thing. And then like these bigger labels kept getting involved. And I mean, it went from like, you know, a couple of the smaller like indie labels to, I mean, some majors. And then like we got in like a bidding war and like, dude, it, I was just totally fucking mind blown that that was even happening. And, yeah, then we just started, and it, 
I mean, you pay, you pay to Jews with yeah. Attack Attack. And I'd done you it before. You paid to Jews earlier than most people. Right. I mean, I was done. I literally... Well, we had a full ride, full up and down by the time I was 19. I mean, we went from, you know, in a van to headlining some like 2,500 cap rooms to, yeah, this is like, I just was over it and I left. And then they kept going for a little while. And then I like came back and did like the last four shows of some tour. It was really weird. And yeah, I don't know, but I'd had like a whole ride. So honestly, I credit Attack Attack so much to how this band works because i feel like that was me learning exactly what not to do Mm. as you've heard from the absolute idiotic things we did like with our money and with you know i mean i just learned firsthand like what not to do and how i wanted to tour if i was ever going to tour again and that's why i think i mean like our camp is just it's such a good vibe everything is black and white there's no like weird gray areas with anything and it's just this is what we do everybody's happy and we love to rock and it's it's simple it's funny you say the learning what not to do thing because i talk about it all the time on the podcast it's like there's a book that i read where this guy malcolm gladwell wrote a book called outliers and it was like basically the premise is how many hours of practice at whatever Mm-hmm. whatever type of practice doesn't even have to be like if you're a tennis player it's not like just playing tennis or whatever like putting in tennis is a shit example take that back <laughs> um, anyway 10,000 hours of like your craft is right. what it takes until someone makes it yeah so let's do the maths and in fif- how long in 15 minutes 15? we have to end we might have to hit a little pause oh we can hit oh we can pause and come back yeah that's professional I'm, um, I'm let's really do this. this let's do this and then we'll come back yeah um so let's say you played 320 shows and to be honest if you're on a bus and you're doing whatever that's 24 hours of learning what not to do per day yeah that's you at one year of touring, you're at 7,680 yeah. hours of learning what not to do. So it's not bad. It's two not bad. years. Yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, it's. Pays your dues. I've done the maths. Thank any, you. If there's any haters Look out at there, this still, guy. I've done the fucking maths. Getting my back. I, I appreciate you, man. Well, yeah. I mean, that's literally what it was. It was like, and, you know, I got experience being in front of big crowds, which was really helpful. I, you know, got a lot of experience with writing because I, I, I mean, I first record, I didn't write a lot when it came to the songwriting. I was more of just like kind of the new guy and I'd like play some synth and um, I wrote, I think I maybe wrote like one song on the first album and the second record because right after the first record is when I hit up Joey Sturgis, who we did the album with, and I was like, hey, I really want to do demos. Um, what would what should I get? Just basic. And he's like, yeah, just get Cubase and a little interface, and you'll be good to go. And, dude, I was hooked. It became my drug. I mean, I remember the first time I got like my setup and plugged in a guitar with, into an amp simulator, and I was like... <laughs> had, like, easy drummer, and I was oh. like, oh, my God, yeah. it sounds like a band. Yeah. And, like... Then I just got addicted to writing songs. Then I got addicted to mixing. And then it just like, you know, it all just flowed out. But um, I just learned all of the things I needed to do to do Beartooth, really, through all those years, which is pretty convenient. 
all those hours. Yeah. What um, do you still do any mixing now, other than Beartooth? I well, I do whenever I can. It's just hard to get gigs because, like, I mean, I used to do it a lot. Last thing I mixed properly, did I mix any albums or something? I mixed this one single for like my buddy Waka, who used to be our touring photographer, but he does our music videos. He had some buddies in Japan that were in a band, and I was just like, yeah, just send me the tracks. I'll just mix it. Like, I, I'm trying to get really back into it. And uh, other than Beartooth Records, I don't really do much mixing. I suppose people just think of you as the singer from Beartooth now. There must yeah. be kids out there that don't know that you are Beartooth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely true. I've, <laughs> I've had, what, we posted a thing the other day... Um, on like Instagram, like an Instagram video. Cause I have a studio with me on the road and just like a, you know, pretty you, basic you made setup. Me, you but... made me bring all this dog shit equipment. Right. Well, I have, the same, hey, well. I have the same fucking focus, right, baby. That thing rips. And in fact, you were allowed to do that plug because I didn't pay for it. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. Focus, right. Shout out to focus, right. The downbeat sponsor, podcast. the downbeat. I would love a, uh, eight pre claret pro. If you're listening, focus <laughs> if you're right. tossing anything, cause you out. gave me the little two input one and now I'm addicted anyway. Sorry. But on. yeah. So, you know, I got a little setup and we were going over it and, uh, just did like a, basically a rig rundown where I was like, yeah, here's my computer. Here's how I do it. Um, you know, all the components and we posted the video and, of course, I like see a few comments. They're like, "Oh, this is cool! Like, cool to see how it works." And then like people, like, I can't believe he doesn't let anybody else contribute. Like, what a dick! Like, you know what I mean? I've got that for any time anybody finds out that I'm the guy that's done it all, which I do find kind of funny. And like, I mean, it is what it is. That's part of just how this thing was set up, and I knew that was going to be a part of it, but. I feel like people just do not realize the reality of how it actually works. Like, I do write the songs, yes, but there is so much fucking more that goes into this whole operation than writing songs. And there's no way you're writing everything that Connor does on stage because the man, no, the I man write is nothing. a psychopath. That's like when I write drums, like what you're hearing on the record is the songs, like bass level, simple. Like the riffs, the drum parts, like I want you to just be able to take the song in as easily as you can, like processing wise. So when you see it live, you understand what Beartooth really is. Yeah. Which is like what it's, well, I guess what it's really become. And what it's become is me kind of setting out this bass layer of these songs for the dudes to like have their fun with. So, like, why I was so excited about getting Connor was that like, I would just watch him play with Being as an Ocean every single day of Warped Tour t- uh, 2015. They had these scrims. I'd just go behind the scrim, put some earplugs in, and just sit there for every single set. Because he never played the same show. Never. It was just watching this kid absolutely rip. It's like he's in his fucking basement. Exactly. And so, like, that's kind of... Like, we both know how it works. And whenever I'm writing parts or anything, he knows that he's very free to do what he wants with that. As long as the bass, you know, he's got the pattern of the kicks going with the guitars and whatever. But constantly throughout the set, I'm always just like, Connor, let go. And he'll just fucking unload for two bars and then come back on the one. And, you know, then we have all the backup vocals. And, like, I write the songs with the live show in mind. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I to me, it's just like that's the only time I get to play 
instruments and write songs anymore. Like I just don't have time to write songs for anybody else. And that's my absolute favorite thing to do in life. So yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, it is me. Like I play the drums, I play the guitars, I do the vocals, I mix it. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not just shutting out the other guys. It's like, they're hearing the song throughout the entire process. And like, they get credits on the record. Like the last album, um, like Ashi and Cam, I think have like executive producer credit or something. But yeah, I mean they're constantly listening to the shit. So they would come over and I'd be like, "All right, like what is good, what is not, what could use work," and they're like helping me out through that. And it is definitely a collaborative effort, but just I guess in a different way of like the classic band where everybody gets in the room, puts on their instrument, and they just make noise, and then eventually a song comes together. You know, it's definitely more of a thought out on a computer in a studio songwriting process. And then, yeah, we just, but until everybody's like stoked on the material, it's not going on the record. Yeah. You know, it's, that's how every band I've ever done before this band has been done on a computer. And then straight, we literally just write in a practice room. It's yeah. like, again, how do you, how do you like that compared to it being more predetermined? I thought I was going to hate it, mm-hmm. but we've got to the point now where me and Tom can write a song in roughly 10 times the amount of length of the final song. We'll be wow. like, we've there's some songs on the last album that came together in like minutes. So you guys just have the magic. Like, it, yeah. I mean, because like, you, that is so rare. Tom will fly, like, when we're getting sort of halfway through an album cycle, Tom will start flying to the UK before tours and i'll start flying to tom before tours and we'll start putting we'll start just jamming Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like like fortune teller which is in my opinion the best song on the last album Mm -hmm. was written so quickly tom just goes picks up his guitar goes and i was like oh that's sick and we're like what can we do for a verse and i was like oh i'm playing around with this paradiddle thing and i just did it and i just did a normal paradiddle and then he just goes Gung, gung. And I was like, oh, let me try and follow that with the kicks. Yeah. I can't, but <laughs> let's pretend I followed it with the kicks. Yeah. Then we just went verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Oh, shit, we need a breakdown. Tom spits a breakdown out, and we were like, fuck, that's the song. Yeah, there it is. It and was dude, like, sometimes that just happens, man. Like, our song, one of our last singles, uh, You Never Know, I wrote with uh, this dude, Drew Falk, from L.A. He goes by Wizard Blood and is, like, writing stuff. But he's a, he's a killer writer. And I ended up writing a song with him, and we just went and got coffee and talked for like three hours. Went into the studio space that I had in L.A. and wrote that song in 40 minutes. Whole song. Just there it was. Lyrics, guitars, whatever. And then I literally, I think like three days later, went over to his house and like changed a couple things and recut a vocal. But like, dude, sometimes like the songs just write themselves, man. And, like, it doesn't take long. I mean, on this tour, so I've been, like, the new record musically is almost finished. Like, our new album is almost done. I just need to put vocals on it, really. But, I mean, on the Motionless tour, because before I just had, like, a laptop, some headphones, like, a little interface. And I was like, no, I brought out some, like, little Genelec monitors and, like, my actual trash can from home and got, like, a nice Pelican so it's all safe. So I have basically, like, the rig that i'm used to at home just with smaller speakers and i wrote five like 
produced and finished instrumentals in the first 10 days. And I think I have 15 full, like, finished instrumentals now. And Jesus. two with vocals. So it's just like, dude, when did the last one come fly. out? Uh, September 2018. Oh, so yeah, you're on track. Right, it's been a while. I was going to say, I thought that was, I thought you were really early, but you're not. No. A bit early, but, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Want to hit pause? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just did the meet and greet. Uh, there was no music, so Connor just put on St. Anger on his phone. And, <laughs> dude, he's obsessed. We're back. He's fully obsessed. I, I swear. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was that little pause. St. Anger was going on while the meet and greet was the happening. The whole time, yeah. It was the just whole album started just frantic. Yeah, just started from the top. Well, he ended up having to skip a few because he needed some kind of monster. So he had to jump through a couple. Boom, 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 boom. Dude, I mean, that shit is iconic, <laughs> man. The fucking, you can hear, like, the hiss from the analog because the game Dude, is so the low. Snare the wires guitar. are yeah. just fucking. Boom, 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 boom. Listen to the mixed version, though. It's not. I mean, the song still sucks, but the, the raw Dude. stuff, the raw files must be quite good. Dude, I I would kill to get those files and be able to mix them. Nail the mix. Do, nail the mix, St. Anger. Are you kidding? That, that would shit be, would sound fucking massive. We touched knees then, and now we have to have sex. So yeah, we're going to pause. very tense. We're going to have a quick, a quick shag. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We're talking about you, Beartooth. Oh. It came to a head. That bit's fine. That bit's done. Yeah. Um, what do you got, professional interviewer? God, you, Nick, this, this gap has thrown me off slightly. Yeah. I had more things. I'm sure I had more things. Let's just talk about random shit. Okay. Um, Fire when, from the hip. When you're on tour, yeah. do you drink alcohol? Yeah, uh, I definitely not like we used to. Uh, we in the earlier days we had our party phase, but now I'm just like uh, I'll have a few after the show, but uh, I rarely ever drink before we play, especially when we have long set. It's just like eh, I don't know. I don't want to like be groggy. I know some people that's like so, so many people do it. Yeah, I can't do it. What was it? Uh, I mean, I know, of course, I'm bringing up Sam again, but I think he said he has, like, gin and tonics and tequila on stage. Yep. So he's, like, gets, like, the up and the down. I'm like, man, that's fucking... That dude's a machine. Yeah. And he's, he's a powerhouse. He's but. often drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, what? I think I maybe had a shot of whiskey before we played the 3600 show because I was so fucking, yeah. like on edge i was like all right i'm just gonna like one little and it didn't help at all it Duh. probably just made it worse but for the most part yeah i'm you know i uh after the show we've been having some prosecco lately so i'll have like a nice mm. glass of prosecco to have a little celebration we got some scotch we were in scotland last night had like finger of scotch on the rocks before bed nice what okay i'm just going through my questions that i would have as <laughs> someone who also tours What's your cut off for eating before you play? Oh, like four or five hours. Singers long, have it rough, don't they? Long before we play. Yeah. What did you eat today? Uh, oh, God, Taco Bell. <laughs> one, one of three in the UK, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, I, I've been eating great out here. And then, like, I don't know, Connor was just like, all right, we're all going to Taco Bell. And I was like, 
all right, fuck it, I'll eat Taco Bell. And it was delicious. Immediately had to shit, as you do. So and managed uh, to capture that. Yeah, essence. that was that was at like three three thirty, and I def- I didn't even realize we're on early today. We're on at like fucking eight thirty. Like that that's almost like a close call for me. Like eating at three thirty, being on at eight thirty. That's the one thing about Rock City I love is the shows are so fucking. Dude, early. I wish we could play at like five o'clock every day. I love playing. Early. I would rip. I would love I'd to play be so up. much better in the oh, middle yeah. of the day. Wake up. It's like. Maybe like four hours after you wake up, three hours after you wake up. Like I, I need just enough time to get my voice in the ballpark and a coffee. Yeah, one song in, and then you know it's just there, and we get through the show, and it's fucking great. Like Warp Tour, dude, I loved playing early. It's great. There's a line where it would be like when we played at like eleven fifteen. That was a little much. Especially, but, dude, you're... like one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock. Love playing those oh, shows. You got the whole fucking day to do yeah. whatever you want. You Be- can go back to the bus and watch a movie. Dude, it's great. It's fucking. It's killer. What time do you go to bed at on average on God. a tour? Um, it depends on the tour. I usually because I hate, like, I love playing early. Like, I just hate waiting around all day for the show. So, like, this tour, I've been pretty bad. I've been either going to bed some nights at like 2 30 which is pretty common between yeah. two and four is like probably pretty average some nights i've gone to bed at 7 30 in the morning but like even the nights so like last night i went to bed at like 2 30 and woke up at 1 20 something in the afternoon and i was just like it doesn't even matter when i go to bed i'm gonna just wake that, up in the afternoon that bunk sleep but Dude. this is the thing i was always the guy that would go to bed early and then I would wake up early to go to the gym. And then I realized on this last tour that I was just, no, not this last tour, like a few tours back, I was like, I am always so tired because I'm going to bed early and then I'm getting up early and I'm going to the gym and I'm getting tired and then I'm waiting around to do a headline set. Exactly. So this last tour we did, I flipped it and I was going to bed at 6, 7 a.m. every day. Yeah. Getting up at loading. So like when would you go to the gym? I would go after sound check. Oh. And... Did that not affect? I'm curious as somebody who works out like religiously on tour, does that ever affect your show? Days that I don't work out, I play badly. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's like gets me limber, gets all my shit. I don't play badly. I just. I mean, I get that. I play worse. Yeah, I I definitely get that. Because, like, even for me, I'll have some shows where until seven songs in, I'm like, okay, I feel loose and like want to start moving around more. But, like, I don't know. I've always thought working out on a show day would just like drain me, but I don't know. I mean, it's I guess you, but energized. But you've been doing it regularly for years, so it's just part of your routine. Like, I guess if you don't do it, yeah, you feel like you have less energy, less when, endorphins going throughout the day. When you messaged me earlier to see if we could do this at two thirty, I was on a leg press machine Hell after yes. squats. Beef and I was castle. Like, dude. I was like. Ugh. Not, not gonna make it. That's yeah. in twenty minutes. <laughs> hey, I respect that. God, do what you gotta do. But the minute you told me, uh, I literally, I start, I f- supersetted my last four workouts all together. Went home. <laughs> I slammed down some rice and shit, and I wasn't even hungry. Did you nail your I, peanut butter? Uh, that doesn't waiting? happen until about eleven p.m. So, is your are you full like diet to the minute kind of person when you're most home? of the time? Yes. Okay. Um. But this last sort of December until now, I've been on a fucking psychotic, like... You've just, just been on, like, a food bender? Food, drink, yeah, 
everything bender <laughs> um just letting off some steam of course I had some shit happen i want to let yeah. off some steam Fair enough. put on put on a lot of pounds <laughs> yeah. so this from like last week i started counting my calories and everything again yeah. and i've got like i'm gonna book myself a holiday before we go on tour what's your next tour amity in the states oh very in nice. april but i'm gonna book myself a holiday in like march yeah somewhere warm maybe to just give me something to shed a little bit of weight for the beach for. yeah there you go i need a like a, because like last night i slept like shit because i was so hungry because i'm on this diet and then every bone in my body is like just go downstairs and make a sandwich yeah but I need Did like you do I, it? I, no, I didn't. Wow! I just powerful. lay there awake, starving <laughs> for just, the whole it, night, dude. So I've had that. I've been trying to be better about eating before bed because I'm. I'm very curious about all this diet stuff with you because I'm used to be a very big boy, and you have uh, you are very very smaller than last time. Yeah, not last time when I first met you. Yeah, and even from then, like I'm constantly trying to get better, but the I want to get, like, in fucking fighting shape for this next record. We dropped those promos. No shirt. Shirt. Big, just, big lion chest dude, piece. just firing from the hip. That's what I'm trying to do. But, uh, yeah, last night I just crumbled, dude. The, the thing- I crumbled. The Play the show. I had, like, a great lunch. Had, like, a bunch of clean sushi. Felt super good. Oh, it's, like, my favorite meal in the world. Same. And... Yeah, played the show. After the show, I had like a glass of Prosecco. I was like, or no, we had some champagne because the promoter got us some. And I was like, cool. Uh, Went up into the back lounge, had another little sip. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I'm going to just like go to bed. And I remembered that after the show, the hardest part was that we finished the set and our um, assistant Nick comes in with like five Domino's pizzas and I was like, oh, oh, God. I made it through the whole, like, green room, like, closing up the green room. Didn't eat anything. I was like, okay, they're going to eat all the pizza. It'll be fine. Go downstairs. And, uh, yeah, it was just staring at me. And I ate probably five pieces of pizza and then went straight into my bunk. Here's the Slept thing. for, like, ten hours. Here's the thing. Which I'm, yeah. Eating before bed, being bad, is for the most part a myth really but there are I feel like things. for me that's how I like lost the no. weight was when I swear like but, if I would go to bed hungry I would wake up I would sleep better I would feel like, I wouldn't wake up with that like thing that's still just a calories in versus calories out thing okay because okay. you were hungry so you would have eaten more and what you didn't is you didn't eat so you were in so a calorie did, deficit exactly but you could have that calorie deficit all the way in the morning and mm. not eat until 5 p.m. and then eat Domino's before you go to bed. And as long as your ca- your calories in versus calories right. out, you're fine. See, that's when I first started losing weight. It was all my fitness pal. That's Just calories right, in, used. calories out. Yeah. And, like, I've never done... Well, to be fair, I've, I've done different diets. I've done, like... But that was more personal. Like, I went... Was it pescatarian? When yeah. you just eat fish? I did that for a while. Then I was vegetarian. Then I was vegan for, I don't know, a year and a half. And then I just went back to eating whatever and just trying to eat, like, cleaner. But, um, yeah, like, the Fitness Pal stuff, that 
changed my fucking life. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I lost so... I, I have fluctuated so many times, man. When I was... I was big when I first joined Attack. And then we did one tour where I was real big. And I was like, all right, let's get it together. Then I lost a lot of weight. And then I started getting like unhealthy about it. Lost too much weight. And I think... And my skinniest, my heaviest, I was probably like 255 or 260. And my skinniest, I was 160. And I was like, 160 on 6'2 just looks a little weird. That's fucking crazy. It was very, yeah, it wasn't healthy in the slightest. And then, you know, Beartooth, we started touring and we're partying and I'm eating garbage every day. And then I got back up to like fucking 250 again. Then we, during the aggressive album, I like, just was like hardcore diet, no alcohol, like no extra calories, anything, and lost like 30 pounds making that record. And I've been comfortably living around 185 to 190, 192 for probably the last year, and maybe for six two, years. two That is like normal. Which I feel is like, okay. I'm, I'm trying to get down. Well, I honestly would love to be at like 190, but just actually be like a little yeah. more ripped up, like have some muscle on there. Because I don't. I'm just so bad with going to the gym. We I, had a personal trainer who was like our buddy who let us use his gym and he would train us for free. So it was like no excuse. Like obviously I'm doing this. I was in there probably like five days a week, six days a week. And then I just stopped. There's like the two things that really do affect it on tour. Obviously calories in, calories out is a thing. But I've experienced firsthand in the last three months, alcohol fucks it. Yeah. And for two reasons. One, there's There's... There's four macronutrients by that. I mean, things that contain calories on mm-hmm. earth and they are fats, protein, carbs, mm. and alcohol. Yeah. Just pure alcohol is what it's like. It's like four. I think it's the same as it's carbs. Like, I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to remember like how many calories. Per four calories This is gram. the nerdiest fucking thing I think that it's we've delved into maybe on this podcast, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a lot. And not only you that. You've got to be so careful about it. Not only that. But when you have, so I still, even though I've been drinking a lot these last few months, I've still been tracking my calories, but I've been getting fatter. And there is like, there's research that shows that if you drink alcohol at the same time as eating food, so mm-hmm. let's say last night you had a pizza and you'd had some drinks, yeah, your liver gets rid of the alcohol first because it's a poison. Right. While all that other shit is digesting and your liver doesn't, appropriately like use the rest of the calories for energy it will just store them to fat because what it's doing is dealing with the alcohol let's get this out of the liver as quickly as possible oh there's other stuff what we're gonna do uh store it yeah that's like the theory that is absolutely how i got big the second time is because we never like i wasn't much of a drinker in the attack days until like the very end and that was like a just i was just miserable and then i like stopped for a while but when we, I got into like drinking like craft beers and things like that, dude, and I would just, you know, drink a few craft beers and then we go to the gas station and I get all this bullshit and yeah. just like smash it and just fall asleep in the van. And dude, I put on so much weight so fast. It's it is scary. Just so fast. So, yeah. That, and that's another thing on tour is like if I'm trying to lose weight, the alcohol intake is way fucking less, way fucking less than like the glory days. I'm having a dry, dry, no, I'm not, I don't want to say dry March because I'm going on holiday, yeah. but I'm having dry from now until I go on holiday. Right. Which Fair. 
what I, you gotta do i need yeah. to do it because i've been fucking caning it yeah i've just <laughs> been in it dude i've been absolutely caning it and yeah. I, I put like i basically i've been on my own little mini tour for four weeks of just like right. going around just the place or whatever people, yeah. yeah and i have put on three kilos which is six point six point two six point six six point six pounds in four weeks of just pure just lard. Working for it, Pure dude. fucking lard. <laughs> working Sup- for it. Super Straight strong, cheese, though, dude. As a result of it, because I kept training. Like, right. There's definitely some muscle in there. Yeah. But you don't fat. look fucking fat. You look fucking beefed. That's the thing. Everyone yeah. said, because it's like, it's hoodie season, everyone's like, man, mm-hmm. you're looking jacked. And it's like, actually, I'm fat, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I'm just filling shit out a little bit. Yeah, more. it looks great in the hoodie. Thank you're, you. You're pulling it off in the hoodie. Thanks, bud. Um, we are running super late. we got a top five bands and then we're done. Yeah. If you love the top five section, um, there is another podcast dedicated to top five. Shameless plug. Run by your wife. That it is. It's amazing, dude. I love listening to that podcast. She's been killing it. Yeah, it's my plug. wife. What's it called? Is it just uh, it's called, called My Top, top Five. My, you my can find five. it as, uh, I think all their ats are at My Top Pod. Yeah. But yeah, they've done some killer episodes already, and it's her and my brother uh, host it. Oh, sick. And it's just fucking, yeah, people just choose, whoever the guest is, they choose whatever five top five subject, usually not related to their thing. So like... Top five fucking movies or, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's great. She's done a lot of cool people, and uh, I've been involved in a few, just jumping in and chiming in. Very enjoyable. That's cool. It's a fucking great idea, because I literally did it from episode one on this podcast, just because I wanted to know people's top five bands. And then I started doing top five foods as well. And then I realized... I don't know which came first, and I don't care. Uh, and then I was like, actually, there's a better top five podcast. I'm just going to keep the top five bands. Well, very respectful. Let her yeah. do the top five. Very honorable. You're so honorable give me your man. top five bands. So top five bands, number one is ACDC. Wow. Like, no Absolutely. Have you got a particular singer? Bon. I mean, obviously, Brian is fucking... I, I mean, it is splitting hairs. But to me, it's just... I My favorite records are all those old Bond records before they were like working with the big time producers and like obviously you know like back in black and everything beyond is fucking phenomenal stuff i mean that's the third biggest selling album i think in history beyond the eagles greatest hits and thriller eagles greatest hits yeah it's yeah crazy. eagles greatest hits biggest selling record of all time yeah crazy but um yeah californication loudest record of all time or yes. is it death magnetic now uh, I don't remember. I just remember hearing that people literally were getting pissed because they were making the records, the loudness battle, and they were just smashing the dynamics so much that people were like, this just doesn't even sound good It looks anymore. like a JPEG of a Lego brick. It's yeah. actually the waveform. Yeah, I mean, which is how most records look nowadays. But, um, yeah, the ACDC, specifically Bon Era, I mean, just high voltage is the best sounding guitar tone in the history of mankind that's what i base the beartooth guitar tone off of like uh, they are my fucking malcolm young rest in peace favorite guitar player of all time the fucking backbone because i'm i'm a rhythm guitar player I don't, i'm not a big lead guy but um yeah they're number one fuck me um what's your favorite acdc song just give me give me probably i mean it changes a lot either live wire or whole lot of rosie whole lot of rosie's probably number one whole lot of rosie if you watch bang. whole lot of rosie live in donnington 91 
I mean, that's I've my favorite that, yeah. rock show that has ever happened is them live at Donington 91. I think that's the best rock show that's we're ever like, happened in the world. We're like nine miles from there right now. Dude, I, oh, that's just the, the fucking dream. That place okay. is amazing. Anyway, DC, so... DC, number one. The rest don't have to be in order. Just okay. Just to be like... Uh, ones that would be in the top five. One that... I'll put in the top five, uh, Anne Berlin. They... Uh, random thing, but they were... Uh, this is why they... And I don't love all their material, but there are there are songs that I love on every single record, and I they're the first band... And probably the only band that I actually like followed their entire discography from when I found them. And I found them right when they put out uh, Never Take Friendship Personal, which was their second album. And I just thought they were an amazing like pop rock band. And the singer's got a pretty bizarre voice, and I was really into it. And But they're just a band that I followed their whole career. And uh, yeah, amazing live band, huge fan. I'd put them in there. I mean... If we're going like, I mean, this is a pretty common one, but I think the greatest singer to ever walk the earth is Freddie Mercury, and Queen is equally as amazing as a band. I mean, the members, I believe, have almost equal amounts of hits that each specific member has written, wow, which is just fucking mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. All of them wrote, and they all wrote their own songs, which is absolutely incredible. So I'd put Queen in there, a couple more. I mean, I'd be hard pressed not to say Slipknot. I mean, they are just. Does it get better? As a favorite fucking Iowa. I mean, that shit's just like the most violent, fucking angry. Like, I don't know. I love that record. I just think that band kills. Corey is a god. All of them are in their own right. And uh, you know, I think now and to see them now. Just only they continually get better. They continually keep putting out amazing albums, and like their live show, it's just it, it. You can't explain it unless you've yeah, seen it. Yeah, I saw it recently. It was great. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I think that if, I'm assuming it's their most recent production, but it was in like November, maybe October last year. We played a festival in Sacramento, and they headlined, and oh my god, man, it was just amazing. I was Did standing they have the there LED with LED drums. LED uh, drums? I think there might be a new... I don't new, know. The drums are, like, wrapped with LED screen. Fucking crap. Like, not not <laughs> Jay's drums, the percussion. Oh, maybe. They might have had those And they, like, that. project, like, just they videos had, of maggots on it and shit. Yeah, they had, like, the, the, uh, the like, treadmills and, uh, I mean, the best front of house. I was just standing back by front of house with Danny P, just chilling, roasted a little bone and just got in the zone and... Man, it was the fucking best. Dude. Fuck yeah. So good. I always go back to... I have this company touch knees again. Yeah. Pause. Quick blow Sex job. and um, back. The, I always want to say that self-title is my favorite. And then when I look back on it, Iowa is my favorite. Dude. The, the production is just a bit better. Right. The... Like, but to be fair, like that first record, that production, and that's something about the band is I think the production also makes the records. Yeah. Like the fact that it's so frantic and it's so like intense and it just it's unsettling. There is also some sh- like filler tracks. Remember, and it was just like end of the nineties when it was like, here's an album. It's got twenty songs on it, and right? <laughs> Twelve of them are sick, and then there's like, I think remember that one tattered and torn on that album. It just goes. 
Yeah, just like wild <laughs> shit going yeah. on. Yeah, and like, yeah. I but yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. But Iowa, yeah. they stripped it down, and it was just like banger, banger, yeah, banger, banger, just banger. Nothing but and fucking slightly heat. more shiny. And like, I mean, people equal shit is just forever going to be the heaviest song in existence to me. Like that track, big change the world. Heretic anthem. You kidding me, dude? How many they fucking... don't play it now though? Dude, yeah, like no, they play it. Okay, they played it on the tour we did with them oh, in like 2015. They don't play it now because I took a video of it the first night and I was almost crying. And it was. They don't play that, and they don't play Left Behind. That's it's a little sus. A little sus. What, I that, mean, that, I was just bummed. I just yeah, play all just, of Iowa. It's just a bummer. I mean, yeah, of course we would just want them to play all of Iowa. But all right, give me your fifth. Anyway, fifth. And I'm gonna get out of your head. Yeah. You've got um. Show oh God, rip. this is a tough one. Fifth. Fuck. It's kind of a tie. Honestly, Architects up there. I've loved that band for a long time. They are, in my opinion, one of the best live bands, period. Their records are just, like, not at all bullshit. Like, when you hear the record and it's perfect, like, that is just how they fucking play. And, of course, their whole story, everything, and, like, they're just maybe the most inspirational band from, like, the scene that I, you know, personally know. Uh, And, but... Uh, this band called White Reaper. White Reaper is fucking incredible. There's a band from Kentucky that's very like rock and roll. They're they're getting pretty big now. They've done like Jimmy Kimmel and some late night stuff. They're coming on tour over here, opening for uh, Pearl Jam. Is this is a plug, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm, pretty much, man. I literally plug this band that's any sick. chance I, like I can. It. We covered. I did a cover for when we were doing acoustic radio songs where I just played one of their songs and. Oh, wow. plug them then but like incredible fucking rock band they uh they're the first record i got into is called the world's best american band and wow. it's sick That's it's just like name. little things in the production like it sounds like it was recorded in the 70s drums are just mono right down the middle like it just sounds killer and then they just put out uh a newer record oh uh, i forget what it's called but it Anyway, great fucking album, amazing band, and fuck it, I'm gonna put a seventh one in there. Plug in the Dirty Nil as well, Canadian band, three piece, best, one of the best live rock shows, best live rock singers I've ever seen. Very, top seven, so top seven. I, I could go on for days, but these are like essential bands in my playlist. That's I sick. I appreciate yeah. even like you putting some smaller ones in there yeah. that normal listeners would not have yeah, checked out. They need to hear them. Unless you got anything else to say, I guess we're done. I, I think we covered some good ground, man. Yeah. It always works out. It's like literally about an hour 20 perfectly. Yeah. I've never really struggled to feel that. Yeah. Thanks for coming there we on, go. mate. Thanks for having me, man. Always good to now, fucking catch up. Let's fuck. Yes. Bye.